Good morning. It's good to see you this morning. We've got a, uh, as you've already heard from Jordan, just a little bit of a unique morning for you this morning, something that honestly we've never done uh, here at Redeemer uh, in the five years that we have been meeting together as a faith family, but there's going to be no sermon today. Uh, We're going to have some time um, that we're going to pray together as a faith family, Uh, and I'll explain a little bit um, why that is and then kind of what our prayer time today is going to look like. Uh, But there's a lot of things going on in our world. I was, I was fairly overwhelmed on Monday when I was trying to process through that, some of the things taking place in our church, uh, lost uh, loved ones, funerals, uh, challenges, health problems, anxiety, depression, just uh, heard a lot of heavy stories on Monday, and then some things going on uh, in our city, in our state, with our economy, and then uh, the overwhelming uh, nature of what's taking place in Haiti, and all the devastation that's taking place uh, there that's uh, really destroying people's lives, uh, and then on top of that, uh, the issues that we've all seen in Afghanistan, and there was just there was one verse uh, that I just could not get past, God brought it to my mind. Uh, on Monday afternoon, and I was thinking about it, praying about it, and I had some things I needed to, to study and to look at, and I just couldn't get past this verse, so I meditated on this verse uh, all day on Monday. And In Matthew 21, Jesus uh, quotes this verse, but he's quoting from the book of Isaiah. And in Isaiah 56, verse 7, it just very simply says, and Jesus quotes this in Matthew, he says, "'My house shall be called a house of prayer.'" And I remember thinking, what, what, what an awesome time, what an important time, what a necessary time for us as a faith family to be a house of prayer. And, and when Jesus quotes it, he just says, my house shall be a house of prayer. But if you look in Isaiah, it's, it very literally says, my house shall be called a house of prayer for all peoples. And that word peoples, it does not just mean unique individuals, it means uh, language groups, it means people groups, it means a tribe of people. Um, the, the house that Jesus is building, really um, the house where his church comes together. God's design, Old Testament, Jesus reiterates it in the New Testament, that design for his church is to be a place where we pray, and pray often, and not just for us, although that's incredibly important, but to be a, a place of prayer for all peoples and all nations, and surely that includes uh, Afghans and, and Haitians um, this morning. So that's kind of what led us to uh, wanting to have some time this morning to pray as a family. So what we want to do is we want to, this morning, be a house of prayer for all nations. If you look in Acts chapter 2, it describes the early church that turned the world upside down. Uh, Acts 2 describes them as a family, a faith family that were devoted uh, to a handful of things, and one of those being prayer. It says they were devoted to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, that's one another, to breaking bread, and they were devoted to prayer. And as they prayed, Jesus used them, and the Holy Spirit filled them and sent them out, and they turned the world upside down. Uh, So one thing when I was processing through Isaiah 56, this week, and I just kept thinking, his house is a house of prayer, and, and we love to pray uh, at Redeemer on, even on Sundays when we're gathered as a church. Uh, worship leaders pray. We have some time uh, and benches and mats for you to come and kneel and respond and pray. We have a response team for you to go uh, talk to and pray. So every week we have a chance to pray, um, but I just felt very led by the Holy Spirit and compelled today that we would pray together as a faith family, uh, together as a church being a 
uh, house of prayer for all nations. And so I brought that to the staff on Tuesday and just talked through it, uh, and everybody seemed to uh, feel kind of the same thing, that the Lord's leading us to do this. So uh, if you are new with us this morning, praise God that you're here, just letting you know this is very different. Uh, This is not the norm for us, but we're uh, glad you're here nonetheless. And I realize that many of you, whether you're new here in the room or maybe you're joining us uh, online, you may not even be a praying person. Uh, Maybe you're just interested in learning a little bit more. Um, So each one of the five prayer points that we have uh, this morning, we're going to have five different topics where we explain something going on and we have some time together uh, to pray. There's also going to be a scripture at the bottom. Uh, Maybe you uh, want to go read a little bit of your Bible. You can just open your app or uh, look in the table of contents of your Bible and find the scripture that's noted on the screen and you can spend some time reading or if you finish praying, you can read that as well. And if you're joining us by live stream, I want to invite you to pray right where you are, uh, your living room, a coffee shop, wherever you might be. Uh, Take some time to pray with us. Uh, as uh, Americans, I don't think uh, we're very good at praying often because uh, there's so much going on. Uh, my wife reminded me of this, like even at a stoplight, you, I just can't sit still for five seconds at a stoplight. I've got my phone out and there's just so many temptations to be uh, distracted. And so I want to encourage us to really have some time together, focus this morning to pray. So maybe you need to uh, turn your phone off or silence it uh, to focus because we're generally just not very good at it. Uh, so this is how it's going to roll this morning. I've got five different times and we'll, I'll come up and explain what we're praying for and then we'll have some uh, time for you to pray. And you've got some different options for that. Um, So you can just stay right where you're at in your chair and you can pray uh, on your own. Uh, You can use the prayer uh, benches that are here in the front and the sides in the back. Uh, You can scatter around the room if you want to. I think we've got plenty of room up here in these bleachers and the back bleachers. Uh, You can circle your chairs up with your spouse, with your friends, with roommate, with uh, family, with kids. Uh, If you have kids, I think this is a fantastic time for you to explain to them uh, what's going on and model to them uh, what prayer uh, looks like. And so you can kind of shuffle around in just a moment uh, how you want to, uh, and then you can kind of just stay there, and I'll come back and explain the next point of prayer, uh, and, and we'll just uh, we'll keep rolling from that time on. Uh, we also will have our response team the entire morning. Uh, in the back of the room, they'll have lanyards that are very uh, easily recognizable. And so if you want to pray with someone, or maybe you're new and you don't know anybody, you can go back, and the response team would love to spend some time praying with and for you. Um, So the first topic that I want to look at uh, is Afghanistan. I want to pray for us to really pray for especially the believers in Afghanistan. I know this is a a very complicated thing to process for you and I, and there are a lot of ways we can think about it. I sent an email out to Covenant Partners, um, I believe it was Monday night, uh, just talking about we can think about this politically, uh, and I've got my own thoughts politically and uh, just all the things going on with humanitarian uh, needs, but what I want to focus on today is us as a church family praying for the Christians and the church that's in Afghanistan uh, because I've read so many things, uh, I'm sure just like you have over the past few uh, days about what it is in reality for an Afghan Christian right now, uh, with Taliban having taken over many of them. We've got some partner connections of church planters and pastors there. Some Christians chose on purpose to stay there for the sake of the gospel, uh, much like Bonhoeffer going back into Germany on purpose as Hitler was rising to power for the sake of the gospel. Um, some have, were just abandoned and left there. Some uh, live there and they have no way to get out. But there are many Christians in Afghanistan today, and what I was hearing is that a lot of them uh, expected, very fully expected, 
to, to meet Jesus in the next two weeks. And I heard that a week ago. And so it's just an overwhelming thought to think about people around the world. And as Hannah and I set our kids down on Monday night and tried to explain to them what's taking place and why we need to pray and what uh, our brothers and our Afghan sisters across the world are experiencing, I, I had to confess to them that I have not done a good job as a dad explaining to them what it's like to be a Christian in most places on the globe. I mean, to be an American Christian, uh, is, is, it's a fairly easy thing, not a lot of persecution, not a lot of suffering, freedom to gather, and I think that we should be grateful for that and celebrate that and not feel guilty for that, but I don't know if you know this, but we're in the minority. Christians that are not persecuted on the earth are in the minority. Most Christians around the globe are persecuted in some very intensely. And that has been the story of Jesus' church since the beginning. It began with persecution. It has endured persecution for 2,000 years. It's easy to think as an American it's getting less, but it's actually getting more. Uh, the 20th century was the bloodiest century for Christians uh, in history. And the Afghan church is the second fastest growing church on the planet. And so here's some things that I was, uh, as I began processing and thinking through this in Hebrews chapter 3, especially thinking about Christian brothers and sisters in Afghanistan, this is what I read, and I meditated on it. Uh, I was up early in the morning on Tuesday thinking about it. The author of Hebrews says this, remember, he just says, remember, and this is written to Christians that seemingly were in some type of peacetime. They didn't have a lot going on, but they had some friends and some other Christians that did. He said, remember those who are in prison as though in prison with them. There were Christians that were being thrown in prison under uh, horrible, evil regimes. And the writer of Hebrews says, you need to remember them as if you were sitting in next to them in the very same prison cell. Remember those who are in prison as though in prison with them and those who are mistreated since you also are in the body. What it's saying is that there's only one family of God, right? He doesn't have nephews. He doesn't have nieces. He has sons and he has daughters. So every Christian on the planet is our family. We're in one body and we belong to them. They belong to us. And some of them are, are sitting in, in, in places of incredible fear. Some have been uh, taken home to see Jesus through uh, Taliban fighters the last few days. Um, but I want us as a family to think and to meditate on this and not just remember them who are in prison, but and those who are mistreated, but uh, to pray for them. And so as I sat down with my kids and I explained that, I explained that, that that's our family. Like, like the children that are, that are scared, the, 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 the women that know what the Taliban is planning to do, like they're, they're scared and they're our family. And the Lord brought this to mind that an Afghan Christian, we have more in common with an Afghan Christian eternally than with somebody in Midland that lives next door to us and works at the same company and doesn't worship Jesus. They're, they're our family. And so I want to invite us as a family, again, by yourself, small groups, however you want to pray, uh, to pray for a handful of things as it has to do with the believers in Afghanistan. So uh, we're going to leave this slide up on the screen, and uh, I want to invite you to pray for their boldness, uh, to pray for the boldness of the Afghan Christians that in the face 
of persecution. They wouldn't back down. They wouldn't shrink back. That God would fill them with incredible boldness, which has always been the plea of the persecuted church for 2,000 years. I, I've, I've experienced it firsthand in a few countries, and they rarely pray that they would escape the situation. They always pray that they would be filled with boldness. Um, we pray that they would be filled with the Lord's presence. They would feel him, very, very, very literally feel him sitting with them. I want to pray that they would have strong faith, that God would strengthen their faith, pray for their protection and their provision, and then also pray for the salvation of Muslims, pray for the salvation of the Taliban. Uh, which I know for many maybe seems uh, a, a strange thing to pray, uh, but, but God's been doing it all along. Uh, it's not a stretch to say that the Apostle Paul was very similar to the Taliban. He was a, a terrorist terrorizing and murdering Christians, and God changed his heart, and he can do it again. And he can do it again. So we're going to take some time. I want to invite you to go ahead right now where you're at to move, to get, uh, to get ready to the place that you want to be when we pray. Jordan's going to start playing, and you've got about five minutes or so to pray for these things. The second topic that I want to lay before us to have some time to pray over uh, this morning is to pray for the nations. Um, we, we've talked about this quite a bit over the years, but God made a very incredible and unique promise to a man in the Middle East um, thousands of years ago, a man named Abram. He just said, I, I choose you and I'm going to use you to do something special on planet earth that, he, that God promised would be a blessing to all nations. And the word he uses there doesn't describe what we would think of as a geopolitical nation like Canada or the United States or Mexico. Uh, it's, it's the word that in, in Greek, it's ethnos. It means an ethnicity or really a people group. And so God made a promise to this random guy in the Middle East that he's going to do something through that man, through the, eventually the Jewish nation, that would bless every single small tribe and language and tongue and people group on the planet. That was the promise at the beginning of the Bible in the first few chapters. The last few chapters of your Bible in Revelation, you see this picture that Jesus is not going to stop until that is complete. I believe it's Revelation 7 that talks about this picture of, of Jesus sitting on a throne and there's going to be people bowing down and worshiping him from every ethnicity on the planet so the beginning is the promise, the end is the fulfillment, and in the middle you have the church. You have the New Testament church that Jesus gave the Great Commission to. He said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth, so therefore go and make disciples of all ethnos and teach them to obey everything I've commanded. So the promise is there, the fulfillment will be there, and in the middle you have the church that is the, the carrier of the baton of the gospel trying to get the gospel to all nations. So a few things that I want to invite you to pray for as it, uh, as it regards the nations. I want you to pray for unreached people groups. There's still a few thousand people groups on the planet that have never heard who Jesus is, do not know what he has done for them and what he can do in them and through them. Pray for them. Pray for missionaries. Uh, there are missionaries all over the planet that have, have given their lives to live uh, in obscurity, uh, to labor their lives away for the sake of the gospel and Jesus becoming famous among unreached people. Pray for church planters. And we've got three different partners that are partners with Redeemer, that we partner with them. They're planting churches and doing ministry around the globe among unreached people groups. Um, so take about three or four or five minutes and pray for them. And again, I want to invite you to, to move around if you want to pray out loud, to, to do whatever it is that uh, the Lord leads you in these next few moments.
next thing that I would love to invite you to pray over is just very simply to pray for our church. Um, I think it's interesting that the night Jesus was betrayed when he was about to be uh, crucified and had just a few moments in the garden to pray one last prayer, the Son of God got in the flesh praying to his Father. Uh, Really what dominated that prayer, it's in John 17, we call it the high priestly prayer. Uh, What dominated his prayer is that he was praying for the church, praying for uh, disciples, for his followers praying for us to be urgent about the mission, praying for us to be unified and to be together as a family. So I want to invite you to do the same thing, uh, to pray for our church, to pray for Redeemer. A handful of things. Pray for the elders, uh, which we have two new elders that will be installed later on in this service, Jordan and Keith. Uh, Pray for all the pastors. Pray for the staff. Uh, pray for community group leaders. Maybe you are a community group leader. Uh, maybe you have a community group leader. Maybe you know a community group leader. We have a lot, and they have an important role to play uh, in the health of our church. Uh, pray for church unity. Uh, pray for us to be together, and as Jesus prayed in John 17, um, that we may be one even as him and his Father are one. And as we love each other, that's how the world knows in many ways that we're truly his disciples. And pray for an urgency for the mission here. Uh, when you're faced with uh, death, of, of a certain, almost certain death at the hands of the Taliban, uh, things become very urgent very quickly. Uh, the challenge becomes living your life with urgency for the mission uh, when things are relatively comfortable. So let's pray that God would stir us up uh, to have an urgency for the mission. And if you're reading, um, you can read a little bit about the church in Ephesians chapter 3. Next, I'd love to invite you to pray for our city. Uh, Pray for Midland. I love this city. Uh, We're here because we love this city and think that Jesus does too. Uh, In Jeremiah 29, uh, this is uh, God's people from the the Jewish nation that their home was Israel. They had been displaced and they had been uh, taken over and sent into Babylon, into exile. uh, And they didn't really know what to do. They were out of place. They were out of their country. They were foreigners in a foreign land uh, living as exiles. And Jeremiah 29 is the command that God gives them for how to carry out their lives in times of exile, which uh, spiritually is very similar to us. Uh, We're we're, we're, we're members of the kingdom of Christ first and foremost, uh, and so Midland is our place of exile spiritually, so to speak. And the command that he gives them, you know, they thought maybe they can just bunker down and, and hide from the enemy and just survive until they got to go back home, uh, but that's not what God told them to do. He says, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles who I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and live in them. Plant gardens and eat their produce. Take wives and have sons and have daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage that they may bear sons and daughters and multiply there. And do not decrease, but seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf. For in its welfare you will find your welfare. We believe that the, the, the city of Midland should be a better place because the church of Jesus is here. All the faithful churches uh, here loving and serving this city. So uh, with that in mind, I want to invite you to pray for those who are hurting, anxious, or grieving. And there are no doubt many causes to all those different feelings, but I know a lot of people in our city are experiencing those things right now. Pray for non-believers in our city. Uh, we have a lot, and we want them to experience the forgiveness and the hope and the joy and the peace that 
that comes with knowing Christ. Pray for them. Maybe you know one by name. Pray for them. Pray for hospital, medical workers, and, and first responders. Many of them are tired. They're exhausted. Um, they got families and things that they're trying to juggle as they take care of us. And then for local government leaders who have to make uh, difficult decisions in difficult times. You'll take a few minutes and pray. last topic that I want to invite you to pray for this morning is really just simply prayers of gratitude. I think sometimes there's a temptation when you look around the world to feel guilty about uh, the peace that we live in or the things that we have, Uh, and I don't think that's what the Lord has for us. I do think He uh, wants us to, to feel gratitude for those things and to leverage them for the kingdom, to leverage our freedom, to leverage our prosperity uh, for the sake of those uh, around the world. So I want you to give thanks and really just have some prayers of gratitude. Maybe that's just has to do with your life and your heart. Maybe that has to do with your family, maybe your business, maybe some things that you know of that have been going on around the world. But a few things. Just praise God for who He is. That He's, Jordan already said, He has never changed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Uh, he is the God that rules and reigns. He will be love, peace, joy forever and ever. Praise Him for who He is. Pray and thank God. Be grateful for answered prayers. I know sometimes we don't do a great job. We pray for things, pray for things, pray for things, and then sometimes don't take the time to go back and thank God for answering those prayers and just generic blessings. We are a very, very blessed people on many levels and I think the Lord would be very, I think he would enjoy it just to hear from his people prayers of gratitude. Father, we, uh, we praise you. We lift up our hearts to you in that victory of what you did on that cross and what the ramifications are for us, for our families, for this church, for this city, for our world, for believers in Afghanistan and Haiti. God, I pray that they would, um, that they would stand in awe of your presence, even if they are at death's door, God, that they would go into heaven singing. That when people look at the church of Jesus Christ, they would say they were willing to follow their Savior up onto that cross. They were willing to follow him to death. That's where their treasure lied, not here but in heaven. And God, would we mirror that in our lives as well. How we love you, we praise you, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us today on this podcast. We would love for you to join us at one of our in-person services as well. For more information or to support our ministry, please visit RedeemerMidland.org.